1: welcome to the pat mayo experience wgc fedex saint jude invitational plus the barracuda championship picks preview bets one and done we got it all here for you remember to smash the like button for the episode and give me your favorite double this week and if you're unfamiliar with what a double is it's one pick to win one tournament and parlayed with a pick to win the other tournament because i already have one all cooked up i even have a triple with the champions tour jim Furick. Plus 375, get him on there in his first ever champion start, who actually played well at the WGC at TPC Southwind a year ago. Also, remember to rate and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Five stars, tell some friends. It goes a long way into help keeping this show free and ad free, for that example. Uh, also, the PGA Championships next week are going a bit light on everything. But next week, I mean, I haven't confirmed this with him. Jeff Feinberg's in the studio. We're doing a cut sweat, right? Yeah, of course. Primetime cut sweat from the West Coast.
2: Sounds about right. It's also my mom's birthday, but this is priority. You can tell her you're working. Yeah, no, it's (laughs) in a thing. Listen, I just said, it's got to be.
1: So the Pat Mayo Experience Listener's League, uh, it was a day late in terms of the link. So there's actually still spots in it. Right now, there's less than a 1,000 spots left. You can find the link in the description of this video and podcast if you want to get in. Best Tournament on DraftKings. Also, there's no Barracuda DraftKings this week, which is really shitty. because Shame. I was I hate playing DraftKings in these WGC no-cut events. Uh, they're not a whole lot of fun. I didn't even really like betting them, to tell you the truth. Considering we're going to see all these same players next week at a tougher venue in a full field where there's a cut. like It's just more fun that way i think at least although there are some weird odds on guys where when i looked at the board initially it's like oh this guy is one third the odds of what he is next week at the pga championship with twice as many players in the field like okay
2: (laughs) i'm with you uh the wgcs aren't really our bag it kind of felt like we were on a hot run that maybe Lowry interrupted at like Bridgestone of like truly elite like under 20 to 1s just like that ra- was also like 5 years raking ago raking those no but it extended I mean, very few non really elite wins yeah it's even, maybe outside a match play you got a kisner and a and baba. a baba but those but match play's also Yeah a that, that lends itself to that
1: it's a lot like the FedEx Cup playoff events where you rarely see like yeah. someone outside of the very best guys end up winning like the the only one i can really think of who's not an elite player who's won a playoff event, like in the somewhat recent past was Keegan. Keegan. Yeah.
2: Hunter Mahan was elite when he won his That was in, 2000, that was in event. 2014. Listen, <laughs> I'm just trying to remember guys that aren't like premier stars winning those things to your point about odd disparities in this week, uh, you know, g- looking forward to the PGA championship. One thing I've historically noticed as it pertains to majors and futures is, if a guy is on a heater, if we're giving him some buzz, oh, that that number, like, it's a coming down. But if a guy is ice and he sucks, they do not, like, push it up. Well, that's what they happened. They do that not to, push that, that it up. That happened
1: this week to one of the guys in the field with the WGC, and his odds yeah. are just, like, silly. And, and, I'll just, and I'm going to bet them yeah. he's going to suck, and I'm going to be like, oh, that was stupid. But, like, the odds just seem yeah. off. Uh, before we get into anything else, just remember – We used to record our major championship shows on, like, a Friday and then release them on the weekend. People get all fired up. Then we started recording them on Sunday evening so they'd be ready for Monday afternoon or Monday morning when people got up. I'm throwing that out the window this time. I think we should just record just a little bit earlier on Monday because every time we record these shows, the odds change so drastically on Monday morning from what they were before that. Like, if you're thinking about making a bet on the PGA Championship now— make sure it's good value because almost everyone yeah. drops by like a pretty significant margin.
2: S- significant. Absolutely. And there's going to be competition. I think real competition in this new sort of wave we're in with the industry as a whole with, um, yeah, ball and stick. Who knows if it'll be playing by the time the PJ championship is here, but the take the markets are getting on, on jabroni golf events like last week uh, I think they're going to be competing for our dollars. They're going to be some great opportunities like we always speak about when we record early. Uh, some of those fancy each way offers aren't even yeah, out yet. Like There's you, a you lot like, of really good opportunities that's, out there.
1: That's a really good point. So like if you play on a site that has an each way wager, uh, like the major one in North America that offers that will give you five places right now. If you wait till Monday, that could be eight yeah. places, which is significant value.
2: And there are places that we have access to that are committed, especially for the bigger events, to offering the best line on anyone under 30 to 1. So to your point, it would take a hero's effort to really uh, move your line. A guy will just have to steam it this week. There'll be a couple guys who we'll joke about next week. Their numbers got steamed and they didn't win, Uh, but
1: we'll see. Here's an example of someone whose number is going to get better unless he basically wins this week. Dustin Johnson is 18 to one to win the PGA championship. When we get into the odds this week, he's as low as 35 to one to win in Memphis where he's won before and constantly plays. Well, if he plays like middling too bad this week, he's going to be like 35 to one. So you might as well just wait. So we're going to wait to do the show is what I want to say. No live chat this week for the WGC. Cause I don't really care about it all that much. Plus I got some personal stuff going on this week. As in my mom was up here for a few weeks to help us with the baby My wife's parents are coming up next week, so we're on our own this week. Uh, So I need to be home as much as possible, but that's not going to deter me from anything. We're going to do this show. We're going to have the DraftKings show with Jeff Ulrich tomorrow on Tuesday. Wednesday will be fantasy football wide receiver rankings with Jake Seeley uh thursday is going to be ufc and then friday I, we might do a cuss corner i'm not sure or update the movie bracket because the movie bracket yeah. is still going on it's down to the round of 32 if you go to my twitter page at the pme or hit the description of this video or podcast you can find the link to vote in that right now some juicy competition coming up it'd be nice to check back in and do more of a recap show of what's going on in that fantasynationalcom slash mayo will get you 20 percent off and it's a good thing viewers of the show have Fantasy National, because they listened to us last week. They did very poorly. It was oh, a yeah. it was one of the worst like crazy weeks I've seen in the past few years. It was the lowest six of six percentage on DraftKings I've ever seen. It was below two percent. Um but that didn't mean that people didn't win last week, which was nice. Sarkeesian, 1016, won the Pat Mayo experience open. His second week ever playing DraftKings golf. <sighs> Shout out to him. That's a way to enter the scene. It's not going to be that good
2: forever. It's like when your girlfriend, like, wins the football pool. Yeah. No disrespect to Buddy, but he's just fresh into the game. But props, that's a big score, too.
1: It's just like my theory that anyone who goes to the casino and plays table games for the first time always wins. Oh, the first time you walk into a casino and play blackjack, you are guaranteed to win. And then you'll think you're going to win every time. And then you go lose eight times your money back over, like, the next three weeks happens to everyone
2: uh yeah just like quickly to joke on that i think favorites went like 14 and 2 the first day in baseball and then they got absolutely hammered the second day as people were snickering about how good teams are and how bad other teams are uh, chris aminette turned 26 into one thousand dollars
1: mike buckley he shouted this one out uh he was using the in play features i uh, like the in tool live leaderboard and he had two bets on michael thompson one from friday one from saturday 80 to one and 50 to one cash them both and picked up a cameron tringali each way so shout out to him for using the tools how they're supposed to be used unlike me who just fucked off the entire week uh peter bart Won the $40,000 stinger. That was good for $10,000. Found out he was having a baby on the way this weekend, too. So that 10K is going to go a long way. Got some some of that baby swag going. And C-Mac turned 19 into 410 and actually had more points in his lineup than the Millionaire Maker winner did. But he didn't play the Millionaire Maker and doesn't play the Millionaire Maker and didn't seem to be, like, too rattled by it. Like, other people were, like, in, like you would have won the Millionaire Maker if you played I always, and it's really hard to do, and maybe I'm just kind of geared that way. I don't ever feel badly about things that I was never going to enter to begin with. Like, if I had been max entering, let's say, I've been playing 20 lineups in the Millionaire Maker week after week after week, and this was the week I said, you know what, I'm not going to play the Millionaire Maker because I've been doing shitty in it. And I would have had the lineup in one. Then I'd be tilted off my ass. But if it was something I never played anyway, like, there's nothing to be that mad about, is there? No. I agree. But some people can't deal with that. c seems to be doing fine with it though. He turned 19 bucks into 410. That's a really sort good week. Sort of like <laughs> with
2: your um, first round leaders. I always look at it. It's one of those things like it's good to either like always, always do, do it or don't do it. Or don't do it.
1: Yeah. The first round leaders are a lottery play. Like the odds on someone above a hundred to 100 one hitting are generally better than
2: you'll meet your quota. I always tell people, but to just like randomly do it to me is the dumbest thing not dumbest because it's always fun and it's, you, all, it's, it's all, not big investments or you can make them as big as you want. So that I don't mean dumbest, but to jump in and out or some week do it and some weeks not, I feel is, is, is silly.
1: Yeah. Like this might be a week where I don't do it for the WGC just because the odds won't be very good in this style that I want to play. But uh, Paul and I were talking about this uh, into last week with the first round leaders, like in order to be profitable betting, like how I bet you need to hit one every 10 weeks to break even you hit two in that time frame you're up for ages. You hit three, you're good for the year. And I, I think we've hit three and a half because we had the split with Harold Barner so far this year. So we're up. Uh, you treat them like penny stocks is just the approach that I have. And it's really fun, by the way, for like, it makes Thursday far more entertaining. Yeah. Even if you want to put like two bucks on people, like throw two bucks on a guy who's a 125 to one, you win 250. Like that, that's fine, right? Yeah. Not everyone needs to put down $3,000 on a bet in order to feel like a big man. A win's a win. So those were the winners of this week, fantasynational.com/slash mayo. Quick tip on that. If you, if, you di- if you don't have a membership to Fantasy National and you don't really you don't want to like dip your toe in because it's like a really shitty week, I recommend waiting till Wednesday this week to get the weekly. So it's like eight bucks if you use the code for the weekly. And if you go on, on Wednesday, you'll get Wednesday to Wednesday, which means you get Barracuda for betting, you get DraftKings and Betting for WGC. And you'll get betting and DraftKings for the PGA Championship next mm-hmm. week. You'll have it all rolled over into one. So that's, don't tell Moose I'm telling people about this double dip. That's the way that you want to do it. The Wednesday move for the uh, fantasynational.com slash Mayo. Let's talk about Tony Finau. I want to put a positive spin on this. Yeah, always. So here's how it's unfair to Tony because you actually watch him. He's a popular player. People watch him, people like him, people are invested in him, and people bet on him. So his losses seem really tragic whenever they happen, and he doesn't close. But if you were just to look at a spreadsheet and be like, and you were just like handicapping this week for the WGC, let's say, and you look at like, it, fuck, Tony Fino has great reason for him. He has two top fives and his two fast
0: starts. Incredible. Like, you know
1: what I mean? Like, it's funny that we, he gets so much heat because people want him to win. People are invested in him winning. But it's no different than a lot of people that just never close. Like, we were talking about Woodland before the tournaments or before we came on air. Yeah, he won the U.S. Open. You said, it was Phoenix's first win. It's like, because we were talking about the Barracuda when he gagged it to Super Nintendo Chalmers. Yeah, which
2: was a low point in my Woodland fandom, was when he couldn't outduel Chalmers on a Sunday at the Barracuda.
1: Well, every, well all the good players were playing in the WGC yeah. at Bridgestone. He was at fucking Reno.
2: That was at a low point in his career, clearly, to even have been there.
1: Yeah, but even to look back at, like, Woodland's career, he won the Valspar in 2011. He won what was then the Reno Tahoe, which is now the Barracuda, in 2013. Then didn't win again until Phoenix in 2019.
2: And then won a U.S. Open. Yeah.
1: It's It's just strange how people choose to see certain things through a lens. Like, if, let's say, the results of... Let's say Casey didn't miss the cut. Let's say Casey did what Finau did the past two weeks and his results were just like fifth and third. Be like, Paul Casey's trending up. Like, he's he's going to be due for a win here soon. But with Finau, it's like, guy can never win. It's impossible. And I don't necessarily disagree with that because it seems like every time on Sunday when he's in contention that he completely gags it away. Or at least he takes, he takes himself out of it so early is the thing. In Phoenix, he didn't, but the past two weeks he did. At Memorial and last week, like he just couldn't get anything going on the front nine. He was basically out of it by the time he started to find his groove.
2: I don't really know what you mean as it pertains to last week. He birdied two and three, didn't he? Yesterday,
1: Yesterday. and then he fell back on the front nine. Yeah, but nine. he
2: was kind of always there. Listen, he's not. He was never,
1: he was ne- he never <laughs> felt like he was in contention from like hole five till the end. He was out of it. He just never, all the easy holes. Well, that seems power, power, to power. be
2: his biggest issue is when he's contending, he doesn't take advantage of the easy holes on the golf course. I don't think that's just the perception. I'm pretty confident that is uh, a reality of the situation. And I'm certain he's going to win again. Or he's I- going to win. I-, I have zero doubts and i'm pretty confident it'll be a pretty big tournament and it'll spin everything on its head
1: well the the move is going to be when he wins the pga championship next weekend no one has bet him
2: keep it to yourself
1: um that's gonna be the funny part
2: but we have talked about often that as betting him his It doesn't matter what the field is. I believe his win equity is equal. You'll laugh and say zero, (laughs) but I mean, sure, fine. Zero is zero. So betting zero at 60 to one, 50 to one, 40 to one is better than any of these small fields. When it kind of clicks for him and he doesn't sort of go off the rails and he takes advantage of the easier holes. I think it's just going to click for him it doesn't matter if he's playing Michael Thompson or if he's playing Webb Simpson although he already lost to Webb Simpson (laughs) this year in a duel so that's kind of a really bad example but I expect him to win a big boy pants tournament I have very little doubts about it not necessarily calling a major victory for the guy But he's going to win one of these fancy, fancy field events. Fancy.
1: Sometimes it just takes it all to click on the right day. But he's just, he's lingered so often in these big events that it's just going to, through osmosis, happen for him one of these times. Yeah, of course. Like like when it happened for Ricky when he won the players. Like he just, he lingered around these big events
2: long enough that he won one. There are 800 like steps, It could put it. In every sort of way, I have been able to nitpick like a positive from his failures like I believe last year it's just you could repeat the record on how many Saturday nights people are oh this might be the weekend for Tony or last year how going out in the final group with Tiger seeing Tiger win the Masters I felt like would embolden his like summer as opposed to being some kick in the pants per se and I don't know I think he's fine. As I joked yesterday morning, though, kind of felt like he was in a lose lose, but he better win because losing was just going to pour gasoline on it. And that's exactly what's happening. But winning would have just been like, oh, you should have won. How is outdueling yeah. Michael Thompson and Adam Long any different than beating Steve Marino in Puerto Rico? Like the people that want to hold him down fairly, I don't think would have even given much credence to him pulling it off yesterday. That being said, if Sput's candy nuts, he didn't win. And it and he you are right. It kind of felt like every time he didn't take advantage of easy holes, he put himself out of it. He didn't take advantage of easy holes at Riviera at a big boy tournament where he blew it when Bubba won. He didn't take advantage where he completely fell apart at Memorial. He kept putting it in the water on goddamn the... The 12th. The one that I was set up to, to be aggressive on. So I, yeah, blah. But I don't think the numbers are totally unfair because I think the books go by a system that you go by, those like flow charts, as opposed to he can't win. do it. Yeah. I think that's ridiculous and i'll laugh at those notions but he deserves a lot of the heat and if you're ever going to take a victory lap against tony it's a lot easier to do today than sort of getting your ass kicked at memorial at a tournament john rom wins
1: but it's also part of the problem and it's a part of the Rory problem too that people Contends hold against Rory is that he's always in contention. So it, yeah. like his
2: losses are noticeable. Yeah, but there's nothing on the other side. It's no, a scale No, no, no but what, I, what I'm
1: saying is that like Dustin will be given a pass for last week, whether he has a back problem, personal issues, or he just fucking sucked again, whatever it is. But like, oh, he withdrew, whatever. But like he played horrible.
2: Fino didn't play horrible. He played quite well. This is maybe <laughs> a really dumb thing. And when I say dumb things, you'll put it back at me. Finau's quest to win a tournament Feels identical to Dustin's quest to win the major. Yeah. <laughs> but one was a major. But his like quest and always being there and short numbers and not being able to come through. I know there were tragedies in Dustin's story. Well, Tony just kind of played bad or did some silly things, but
1: I don't know. Yeah, Fino rarely loses on the 17th or 18th hole. He's
2: usually out of it. By the much. only good <laughs> golfers Fino probably beats is Summer Hayes' children. <laughs> A fly in my face, oh, it's killing you.
1: Fly's been in here for like two weeks. I don't know where it's coming from, where it came from, we and we why to it worked out. Back?
2: The raid again, yeah, we, yeah,
1: I remember that episode. The raid. raid episode was
2: great, yeah. So, I don't know. I, <sighs> I just wanted to like talk it
1: through. Yeah, that. it's it, got
2: to be talked about. It's, it's, not, it's not, an unavoidable topic, but
1: I just don't think it's as bad as it seems. Also, never sh- is shout out to Michael Thompson's bunker shot on that drivable par four with the downhill line getting it to like two feet. That was a fucking incredible 16, shot.
2: 16, the shot of the tournament. Because yeah. before that, I actually thought Max Homo was going to win. I thought Charles was going to come he He's going to go birdie eagle. Take I it. thought Homo was going to hit his putt on 17. And Noren burned two edges. What a horrible, you mentioned horrible week for a lot of people. Is a horrible week for me. I mean I made a live charl bet that was more lucky than good so I don't even care to talk about it and didn't now, even Nice catch on anything. that Schwab bet
1: by the way. Whatever. Well, like I said it didn't but my win card, but he, he
2: should have been like 50 he was 250. My card was annihilated and eh, like quickly it sucked and something else really shitty happened. Oh, I do a bunch of these radio hits some some pretty premium some pretty premium outlets.
1: I think I got it. Yeah. I think so. You che- got J- me. J- I know that. Jess' cheat sheet is full of Raid. <laughs> you got, about, sorry about, about that. What
2: about his phone? Does it have Raid on yeah, it? Yeah, it has Raid on it. I don't know what just happened.
1: Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. but I, think I, I think I got it. Take a Raid break. <laughs> Suck that in. We'll make for a better show. So. Sorry.
2: I deserve what I'm getting for what I'm about to say. Uh,
1: I just want to give a shout out, though. Like is, last week was a terrible
2: week. Yeah, I lost a bunch and of guess money. guess who I... So, Paul oh. and
1: Cody saved my ass last week. Is the
2: Raid too much? No, it's just I don't think it's gonna go anywhere. It's, it's, like it's showing up
1: on camera. It just looks like
2: oh yeah, there it is there right quite there. A bit of raid there. I don't see the fly though. I don't
1: see the fly. I just see the raid all over the here. Table. Paul, can you pass me one of my uh, makeup towels, please? Okay. Yeah. Can you pass me a makeup towel, and I will. Uh, I'll get this all dried off for you.
2: Yeah, I don't really mind it. I just like want. Oh, work your barracuda. Your. want oh, work against. Thank him, you, though. Paul. I appreciate that. Here, do you want? No, I'm okay. Do you want for your phone? I'll take care of that after. Actually, yeah, uh, you know what? Sorry, you're <laughs> full meltdown. Here, right?
1: So shout out to Paul for winning me a bunch of money uh, on ruin- the and, that, and now ruining Jeff's phone with the ring. No,
2: that's okay. We're having. I've uh, we had the Orkin man over a couple times. Good thing they got a warranty. I have an
1: ant problem.
2: And a wasp nest, and they just keep re-showing up.
1: Oh, really? I thought you lived in an all-Jewish area.
2: right i i don't i I, there are jews in my neighborhood yes (laughs) that was good oh yeah thank you for this so as i was saying uh, uh you know like shows like last week were fun you know talking about how like good things have been so I hit a bit of a circuit last week in, in some radio appearances The were out and they asked things like, which player should I fade? And I don't know why, but I was giving out like Alex Norin. Oh no. <laughs> I love Alex Noren. Oh, now, now we got blinking problems. This isn't great. They show up when the roulette wheel like hits red eight times in a row. Make
0: then... sure we're still recording, Paul.
2: Whatever. We're good. We Everything's great. Everything's great
1: little five five minute meltdown there for for viewers of the oh oh they're more blinks viewers of the show love this kind of zooming because i don't feel like cutting it out i think our raid problem our blinking problem has been sorted out at this point so let's just jump into it wgc fedex saint jude invitational this is uh brooks for lily
2: tournament Oh, really? Yeah. So get it back then. This is the
1: St. Jude. He actually won this tournament last year. Uh, this is the first year it was at in Memphis for the WGC. Before that, it was the St. Jude Classic, and a bunch of like three or four stars would yeah. show up. It was like the 3M field from last week, essentially. But now all the good players are here, minus Tiger, Scott, Molinari, Rose, Papa Shugo, and Lee Westwood. They're all not playing it's a par 70, 7,200 yards. Bermuda, 78 players in the field. There is no cut. These are not the most fun events to bet or anything like that, but maybe we can find some value. First timers that we're seeing in the field this week, Stenson, Norris, Bobby Mack, the Scottish Tim Andercust, Lucas Ebert, and Sebastian Soderbergh. Number 173 in the world are all in the field and playing in competitive golf for the first time this week. If we jump to the top of the odds board, no, that is the Barracuda. We got John Rom, the number one player in the world. He is the favorite. Justin Thomas is 12 to one. Rory is 12 to one. Bryson is 12 to one. Patrick Cantlay is 16 to one. I have no interest in any of these guys to bet them outright. Uh, Cust has picked Rory as his one and done. If we forget that Rory and Brooks had like a Sunday duel on the go last year and Rory wilted and
2: Brooks played great. But then Rory won the next couple. Did he? Yeah, there was one in the playoffs, and then he won the Tour Championship. That's right.
1: Did he win the Tour Championship last year?
2: I I pay so little attention. He won the FedEx Cup. I'm pretty sure he, I don't know. I don't know, man.
1: Anyway, the past two winners at this course have been Brooks and Dustin, which almost leads me immediately to Rom is set up perfectly for this course. Once again, coming off the win, maybe he keeps the good times rolling. I kind of hope he sucks. So we get a decent number on him at the PGA. That's not going to happen.
2: There's no decent number. There was no decent. Now I was trying to bet Rom to win the PGA at any fair number before the Memorial win. It didn't exist. Then he has a propensity to play very well in California, uh, like most major championship golf courses that aren't the masters uh, set up very well for guys that hit it long and straight, he falls into that small box. They weren't buying into like any label that he can't win big events, anything. The odds makers weren't, there was never a rom number for the PGA at any point, And it certainly won't exist with a win. I don't know. He'd have to lose a foot to go over 16. Yeah, literally like, like he'd have to lose a foot um here are the players who
1: are who rank inside the top 30 in this field at least in both driving distance and accuracy so those are the types of players that you want here matthew wolf xander shoffley john rom scotty scheffler victor hovland those are the five
2: interesting um since the restart i should say oh if, if you're asking me to make a
1: better oh, and, on- and sung J M, huh
2: he's high yeah he's up there if you're asking me to make my favorite pick from under 20 to one here i would pick rory uh i'd lean where cust is leaning with his one and done i'm pretty worried rory's gonna win one of these next two events and i don't know how it's it's kind of hard to bet him but but uh there's a better chance of getting a Rory number next week if he plays poorly than a ROM number I week. would actually tend to agree with and that. And if they want to give me something, but like,
1: the, the, No, actually, that's not true, because regardless of how poorly Rory plays, unless he gets injured... He's just popular. Well, not only is he popular, there's, like, one tournament that you can draw course history from from Harding Park, and Rory right. won. It was a match
2: play, but fair enough. But he won. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, so I probably find it difficult to bet him for either, but I like Rory to probably find the winner's circle in the next couple weeks, to be perfectly honest.
1: It's hard to keep him out for long, is the whole thing. (laughs) that Every week that he doesn't win, it's just kind of adding to the total, like what? Rory wins like once every seven events or something? And this might sound
2: like super corny to go back and talk about, but that was literally the case when they were posting the 22, 24s like for ROM. It's like, no, he only go... Was I saying he was winning? I was hoping he was winning. But there's only so many Sundays where that ticket isn't fire going into a Sunday morning with a guy like that and his contend rate and his top five uh, rate and his win rate. And Rory's is equal, if not better, for the most part. So, yeah, I kind of feel the same, except you're never going to get a number on Rory like you're able to catch on Rom for Memorial.
1: Yeah, 12 to 1. Like, I'm just not going to bet any of these guys. And I mean, they're the favorites for a reason, but. It's still a golf tournament. Is, and because the WGC has no cut, these guys actually have time to rebound if they have a bad round. We've seen that happen a bunch of times at WGCs. Um, yeah, I, I think that they're all fine plays. I'm, I still don't understand what the fascination with Patrick Cantley is as like a super elite versus some of these other guys who are also super elite. Just it's weird. Like why? Like why
2: does he get more love than Shoffley? Like who?
1: Yeah, because Shoffley would be one of Because he's kind them. of
2: in his no-man's land.
1: But well, why is Cantley get more credit on the betting board than Morikawa does? Just as an honest question. They've both won, what, the same amount of tournaments in their career? And Morikawa's done it in one year? And he recently won, like, three weeks ago? <laughs> That that's just
2: yeah, fair point. That, that
1: just seems strange. to But me. You I'm ma- not saying that Patrick Cantley is a worse player. No, no, no. Although I do believe he is a worse player than Callum
2: Morikawa. But win equity is sort of where you're probably going with. And no, I, it's
1: not even win equity. I just don't understand. Like, it feels like Morikawa is now a value. Like, if he's not going to be, if he's not going to be treated like Cantley is, although they're probably right around the same type of player, I just don't get it.
2: Listen, that's one of the philosophies that draws me to make a lot of bets in this little game that we try to do. I sort of see what you're saying. And I would feel the same about Shoffley or or Webb. Like what is Cantley doing that these guys aren't that he deserves to be kind of in his own bracket that no one else is in and ahead of them. But whatever. Good Uh, for me.
1: Let's talk to this twenty to forty range because I think this is where I mean this is where the winners have been coming from for one thing. Uh, except for this week. Michael Thompson, you might. It, I thought, like, when I saw Michael Thompson was winning, I was like, he must be like 300 to one. Yeah. He was like 100 to one. Crazy. Like, oh, yeah, this was a bad field. I Eyes went facts. right through him. Yeah, and didn't we, even we did acknowledge. We, his, we talked about the Honda Classic crossover, right. too. And you went with Mitchell and I was like, I don't want to fucking Mitchell. And then that was the end of the conversation. Yeah. And Michael Thompson was sitting right there and he contended at Heritage like. Weeks fine. Ago. Yeah,
2: he gagged it late, right? Or yeah. uh, well, He wasn't. He didn't. He, gag just, it. he put just put just it. Couldn't keep yeah, up. Couldn't keep up late. I feel
1: like he short sided himself on 17. and Just that was it. And then he just couldn't get it up and down. And that was the end of him. Anyway, this 20 to 40 range is super interesting. Xander, 22. Hovland, Dustin, Hatton. Morikawa twenty five, Berger who won back to back years at this course when it was the St Jude Classic is twenty eight, Tommy thirty, Brooks thirty three, Hideki thirty three, Fitz, Finau, Reed all thirty five to one. Let's have some fun. I bet Brooks at thirty three. Yeah. Um, I'm a fish. I'm a sucker for this sort of thing. But I looked at his odds for next week fourteen to one. He won this tournament last year. He played shockingly well at 3m and lost six strokes putting in two rounds so i'm not really too concerned about the ball strike it's the consistency that really worries me a lot but
2: i'll it, have to get some it, good it, juju early it just, but i'm it, with it you. just
1: seems like a big like the, the number's too big even okay. f- for brooks at a and he's won w he won this wgc yeah. last year so you know it's above a regular tournament below a major he can
2: you know Put, and he's good in no-cut events. He won here before. As you mentioned, he took a multi-stroke lead uh, the week my first daughter was born here in our quest for Brooks for Lily. He came second. It is my second daughter, Isabel's first birthday this week. So if wants to show up for, for presents for everybody, that would be fantastic. I get the fact, I don't want to put too much into the PGA number because he's one of the players I alluded to. It didn't matter that he was struggling. That number didn't move. It's like the books never wanted to push it I, up. I, I, but I, next week, if he struggles this week, that thing's going to balloon to what? No,
1: it won't because people will look. No, because there, there is sort of an inherent logic on a few players when it comes to majors. It's like if Tiger was playing in the field this week, he'd be like 40 to one. But at the PGA Championship, he's just not ever going to be because the casual is going to come to the window and bet Tiger. For a major, a casual will go to the window and bet Brooks. And they might be right. That way, you. Just, I'm more, the books just limit their exposure by saying, hey, he's 14 to 1.
2: Okay. I'm more inclined that if it's a bad week for Brooks, we'll see something similar to what we see. You're expecting to see with another Dustin bad week because there's just so, too many good players. At the top that the books will want to command um those low prices for. I'm gonna join you on the Brooks bet. I acknowledge that comes with a lot of options. Him sucking, him withdrawing. Uh, it's an outright bet. Whatever. But if, yeah, if he doesn't win, it's useless yeah. anyway. If he is uh can get a bit of life and take it into the weekend, I'm as confident as him as anybody. As for the injury, the thing people want to talk about, him grabbing his knee. I got very, 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 very little concern about it. I lose a lot of outright golf bets, so if it does, if I'm wrong about this and he does withdraw, I'll own it, but it's just like a guy finishing third at that price. I wasn't each weighing it. It's the same shit. Uh, My point being is there's not a chance in hell he shows up in Minnesota if he's injured. There's not a chance in hell he puts the ball on the ground this week if he's injured. You know when he wouldn't go to the knee? If he hit the six-foot putt. If he hit the six foot putt. You don't watch the other guy clean up his three footer and see Brooks like rubbing his knee because it makes the pain go away. I'm pretty certain of it. He wouldn't play if he was hurt. He doesn't. Everyone's like, no, no, he's hurt, but he's got to like go full throttle to make the FedEx Cup. This is Brooks Kepka. If he's hurt, you fuck the FedEx Cup. He
1: fucked the Masters a few years ago. He was like, I'm there, hurt. There are
2: there is a summer full of majors. And big events because of how the schedule works out. He would fuck the FedEx Cup if he was hurt to be ready for the biggest events on the planet. All due respect to the FedEx Cup. It's fun to play for the big cash. He's feeling disrespected by how uh, guys are just being talked about more than him. Guys are cooler than him Matthew Fitzpatrick, at the moment.
1: Matthew Fitzpatrick is now the same odds as him to yeah. win a tournament.
2: That was my own little bothersome thing this morning. No disrespect to Fitz. Well, I
1: I threw it out to you that, A, I I didn't agree with what you actually tweeted back to in terms of affecting odds, but the reason that he's down at this number is he just came second at Memorial. A lot of people saw that. It was
2: a a stupid second.
1: He shot the round of the day. A lot of people saw it in brutal conditions, and he ended up inside the top five at this tournament last year. That, that's the reason that his odds are what they are. It's not because yeah, Bones said he was great.
2: Yeah, it's all part of it. People like can't wait to bet Matthew Fitzpatrick. It's ridiculous to me. Makes zero sense. I think this is a good setup for him. There's lots of good setups for him. He's a good player. I don't want to seem like I'm anti-Matthew Fitzpatrick. I own him in our fantasy league because uh, he. I knew he'd be in a lot of big events and I liked him as a season-long player. I'm not insulting him. But the concept of, of his Nordia Masters compared to the real Masters and Brooks' Majors is like a little laughable to me,
1: that's all. So from this range, like I was thinking about just calling my week. I don't want to do too much research into this, although I've done way too much to begin with. Bet four guys from this 20 to 40 range, call it a week. Yeah, and, and those I mean, four guys, I think I, I have trouble pegging down the last one. But if you sort on Fantasy National by just par 70s, who are the best players on par 70s. Rory's the best. Webb is number two. We're back on Bermuda. So Webb at 22, I think is a good number. I think Xander at 22 is a good number. I don't think those numbers are going anywhere, is the thing. So I'm going to wait a day or two. Maybe I'll catch a 25 somewhere, maybe a 20. I saw DraftKings Sportsbook has some actually really good odds. Like Dustin is 25 where I'm looking. He's 35 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, I, wor- I caught a 25 on Xander. Stay cool. So there we go. That's, that's a good number. So I can see it dropping back to that if he's, just, if he's not getting up. But I like those two guys yeah. this week. And, and just, I like and Brooks, I just like the number. Yeah. So those three guys. And then I think it would honestly be between Hovland and Morikawa or Berger. I I there is something to Berger playing well here. There just is. And he, and he's playing well right now.
2: The whole part of trying to besmirch Berger's wins here as it wasn't the WGC, it was a weak field. He beat Bruce. Weaker field events. I don't really care because I believe Daniel Berger is closer to being a really good player than the player that had his downturn and he's playing fantastic and he's at his comfort zone uh course. I'd rather bet Berger than Fitzpatrick in some other places they're actually the same. Yeah. This
1: is a good So week, maybe Berger week should have show. gotten
2: that spot on that tweet instead of that loser Tony. Sorry, big Ricky. Big Ricky. Tim messages us last night. I finally get why you guys call him Big Ricky. Oh, you get it now, Tim? Oh, it made sense for you today?
1: You know the PGA Tour is doing itself a disservice when even Tim is complaining about the coverage.
2: It was a weird one yesterday. And everyone was all over the place. Even radio wasn't up to their good standards. They were a little lost with Norrin, too. Reed is
1: interesting. He played really well here last year he just couldn't putt which is very atypical for Patrick Reed.
2: What about okay. I like ho I like uh Xander a lot. Webb, I always kind of need to be nudged towards but it's a short course it's on it's a par 70 it's on Bermuda. That is like that the is-
1: Webb Webb, <laughs> Webb Simpson danger zone. Yeah. And he, I believe he was second at this tournament last year.
2: To to Brooks? Yeah. Brooks won. Brooks and Dustin, I feel
1: like, walked the field. Dustin, well, Dustin dominated like Andrew Putnam two years ago here with the walk-off from the middle of the fairway. I think he won by like six.
2: Oh, yeah, and Brooks had, as you mentioned, it was going to be a duel with Rory, but, but that Rory, didn't last long. Yeah, but
1: Rory faded. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Last year at this course, I believe it was minus 14 for Brooks. And I think that Webb was minus. Webb was kind of like the de facto second place. He was just the light. He was like in and finished. We've
2: pretty much had a historic winning score of like 10 to 14. And Dustin was a bit of an outlier going like insane. Right. Yeah. It's
1: all in my column from uh, up on DK nation right now. Let's see. Yeah. Minus 16 for Brooks last year. Minus 13 for Webb. Leishman was third at minus 12. Rory Fleetwood Fitzpatrick minus 11. John Rahm minus 10. So, there's so much water on this course. There's more water on this course. Well, not quite as much as last week, but there are more water balls at this course. This is the wettest course on tour. So guys can eject themselves pretty easily. This is where Garrigus had his meltdown against Lee Westwood and Robert Carlson in 2010. One of my favorite YouTube clips of all time with like sweaty ass, literally uh, sweaty ass Garagus because it was so hot yeah. in Memphis and just had a complete meltdown with a three stroke lead on 18.
2: That's everyone's favorite. Cam, Cam loved that clip forever too.
1: That's back when he was winning, using the mini putter and only Mark, Mark Hubba Hubbard uses the mini putter anymore.
2: I, I just want to say I was pretty sure all weekend the two winner, well, who won in Europe, although Josh Perry hit another th- corn fairy. Corn, yeah, Corn Fairy bomb. Hit Magre- I thought Magreedy that. McGreedy or whoever. Yeah. That, guy, uh, guy. that guy's name uh, is. It was until like the end of nearly both tournaments that I actually thought Thompson and Tory Parator- were actually going to win. Like, I thought the whole time they were both, like, I, set up to bottom out I on almost, their way home. I
1: almost made a live bet on Thompson at the beginning of the day, like, right when the leaders were going to get going. I think he was still, like, four to one or something like that. Cause just because Finau was in it. Finau was getting so much credit from, from the books that it was pushing down everyone else. And I just kind of lo- assessed it, and I looked at it, and just through just not really empirical evidence, just very anecdotal – like I was like, oh, I'm going to put a bomb in on Zhang and more. Maybe they can shoot the Homer round or the Adam Long round, and then they'll win kind of thing. And then there was other people like, oh, I'm sweating Tony Fina. I'm sweating. I have Warinsky at 80 to 1. Like, no one had Michael Thompson. So it was like, of course he's going to win because no one stands to profit if Michael Thompson wins. And then he wins. He played great. Like, great. really great.
2: Very rarely in trouble.
1: That was the whole thing. Everyone else uh, was like in the fescue or in the water. He was just down the yeah. middle. I'll hit it to 20 feet and I'll make like 30% of these putts.
2: And he and took advantage good. of easier, or maybe he even let some par fives get away. But yeah, he hit a couple putts. Didn't, he made all non- his, he,
1: But like the difference between him and everyone else. Didn't make bogeys. He just kept hitting those seven footers for par. Yeah. He'd never in doubt. Where Fina was pushing like four footers by the hole.
2: Crazy how that's always a common theme amongst the guys who win. Insane. The seven footers for par all weekend, all week,
1: essentially. And then the next week, they'll miss half of them. That's why it's hard to predict putting. (laughs) Although Michael Thompson is a very good putter, it was the first time he had led the field in putting in like four years or something like that. So it's, even when you're a good putter, it's still hard to be the best in the field. Let's talk about some of these bombs.
2: Do you bomb so we're going past 40 40 and up i bet paul casey at 100 to one i couldn't the, the, help, my, I couldn't couldn't help, help myself. myself i couldn't oh, help yeah. myself every message like i might be a sick <laughs> i might be a it's, sick it's person the but they're loo- posting this loser number bet of
1: the week yeah. paul casey 100 to one with the top five each way like they're
2: posting it i might it's,
1: take sung J at 92 just because i'm a fucking sucker like i just the, the, i just can't wrap my mind around it Stenson's back. He's eighty to one. He's one hundred and twenty five in some places. I want. I kind of want to see it first. I still like if he plays well this week. I like him. Next, we have a bet in our. I have a bet in on Stenson to win the PGA Championship from like December.
2: I don't think I do. But it the right corollary the hero. of the uh, strokes gain off the tee and the strokes gain approach. It's like Paul Casey. Yeah, Casey and Brooks.
0: they just can't <laughs> the fucking front.
2: I don't know. I thought a hundred was absurd, but they. I'm a sick man. I think I wrote to. uh to that because I was up there on one one shop and then everyone else is like but I'm I'm happy with essentially what I consider my because that's 101 it's not a big bet if I want to get in more on it I've left myself some room but my starting point of Shoffley and his dominance in no cut events and defending champion Brooks Kepka, who hit his irons well couldn't buy a putt last week I feel pretty good with where my bets sit right now and sort of like you it's a week before a major probably gonna have two or three bodies in, and uh, we also yeah we in, also have a more, there's, there's also a more
1: fun tournament yeah, you can i don't this really
2: week. need to over invest in this um yeah, and we
1: as we continue to state
2: really good players yeah,
1: win wgc yeah
2: and like, also like it's okay like we're doing a golf show like getting your card blown out like it's it happens like it's in It just is what it is. You just just, hope you've got a couple winners beforehand to to just make you not hate yourself about it. I'll still hate myself about it, but it just, whatever.
1: One thing I find really funny is that we've been doing really well hitting winners since the PGA has returned. Even before that, we entered the COVID break on a hot streak. But the two tournaments where we've done the worst are like the two loser tournaments, the tournaments we usually do really well in.
2: Yeah, I was never going to bet Michael Thompson. Like I said, I don't even feel bad. I didn't think about it for like a moment, not a moment. Fina wins, I kick myself a bit because I literally thought he was going to win the tournament, just didn't want to bet him at his odds.
1: If you wanted to take like an actual bomb, like (sighs) Sungjae and, sorry, I'm a bit stuffed up. Uh, Sungjae and Casey, I think are like live. They're probably better top 10 bets than they are outright winner bets. But Champ and Lowry are 150 to one. I don't
2: hate those. Okay, staying in front of the hundreds. But they're probably DraftKings plays. Uh, and I I agree, you can't really go too far here. It's sort of like what I felt like talking about Memorial. Like, there's only so far down the card unless you really feel like you're making donations. Um, any love for Sergio?
1: A little, but...
2: It's kind of all got to go right. Like, certain things he has to be absolutely perfect with, right? There's no real wiggle My wiggle problem room. with Sergio
1: is his been his is off the tee. Like, even at Heritage, when he was still able to contend, he just misses so many fucking fairways. Like, it's like, mm, okay. like where, where are you at now? And, Qu- and here, there's a ton of water.
2: Question. So I'm going to just take an express train back to the top of the board just because I had a betting question that I forgot to ask earlier. You mentioned that fairways hit off the tee; it's ex- it's exponentially lower than a tour average week. Yes, um, we saw Bryson essentially dominate until he went to the most penal venue that we've had out yeah. of the break.
1: the The rough here isn't as penal. Like Memorial is going to be the most penal, so you can play it. You from You can the rough play
2: here. out, but it's but when you have to clear water hazards, it's very. There's a lot more that comes into play when um, being able to get yourself out of those situations.
1: Agreed. And if you look at the scorecard, like it's it's just over 7,200 yards, but it's also a par 70. This is one of the longer courses par adjusted yeah, so you, on tour. So
2: you mentioned five par five fours over 450. Yeah. That's a beast. Yeah. that's So that's the 150, 175 yard iron. 175 to two and yeah. Iron. Iron player. It's Paul Casey. It is Paul Casey.
1: (laughs) And Stenson. And Rose, if he was here, but he's not. Like, that's like their wheelhouse. Cantlay, too, actually kind of dominates that area. And Morikawa. Morikawa and Cantlay are very similar. At least in my mind. I just, I just, Morikawa just strikes me as Rory.
2: Who do you like more, Hovland or Morikawa? I think I like Morikawa more. Just because he won
1: recently? No, just like, I look at them objectively. They both have elements of Rory to them. Mm -hmm. You know, like I know stacking people, I think they could be as good as Rory though. It just seems like Morikawa has the ability to actually make putts, and maybe Hovland will eventually figure that out. But, but he, I feel like he puts himself out of tournaments, whereas Morikawa doesn't do that as often.
2: He only does it when it's a three footer at the very end. He makes you sweat and, for it, and
1: then he comes back three weeks and sure. wins.
2: I'm not. That was just a bad joke. I know, but I'm like, not besmirching anything he does.
1: It's just sort of like the you know the feeling out process of doing this. I mean, yeah, I like them
2: both. I'm kind of sort of split on on both of them. I think Wolf rates out really well here too. Okay, so back to over forty because there's a couple names I can't not talk about. I asked you about Sergio. Um, Bo Hostler's not playing, so. <laughs> No, he isn't playing, but there's sort of a trifecta. They're all kind of in the exact same row.
1: Woodland, Finau, and Anser, or Speeth. you got they-
2: two of the three. They're in the same row on our page. But like Fowler, not the same row, like you go all the way across. Fowler, Woodland, Anser? Yeah.
1: Eh, they're, they're fine. I don't think they're going to win. Which means <laughs> they're probably going to win.
2: <laughs> Woodland, sort of the numbers showed that Workaday wasn't, authentic and then he went out there and had a very good strong Inti- memorial until he didn't and like a lot of players because this is
1: but this is what woodland has done in every start since the restart every time that he's played he's put together like two and a half awesome rounds nine holes of uh, and then 18 holes of absolute Listen, garbage
2: anytime Gary Woodland flirts with the 50 to 1 number he gets past the first cut for me in terms of how he's i like i woodland. break the, I don't hold that back but i long Very straight, great iron player. I think he checks the boxes, but has he improved the tee game that you were sort of picking on him for? Well, uh,
1: currently, since the restart, he's 54th in this field in driving distance and 52nd in
2: accuracy and Leishman can't find a fairway either. He's another guy I want to ask you about who they always give us nice numbers on on the full field, but his inability to find the fairway in the last month is is quite a concern.
1: Gary Woodland has gained strokes putting in every start since Guess, Phoenix uh, this year. Uh, okay. That's 8 straight starts for that's insane considering how bad of a putter he is. I want like I want He lost off the tee again at Memorial though. After getting it back at Workday, he was a disaster off yeah. the tee at Memorial.
2: Cuz he was kind of luck sacking even early. In Memorial, which was frustrating, uh, seeing that happen without the wager and Leishman off the tee, is there any life there? To no, me,
1: miss, misses fairways, but like the because the they always
2: give nice numbers on this guy, <laughs> sort of like Casey.
1: The rough length at this course is like average, so it's you know, not WGC Mexico or the Masters or the Sony Open, but it's also not Memorial okay. or even some of like the fescue from last week. If you really got it off track, but I wouldn't be too con- like I think accuracy is important here to avoid the water. More so than being in the rough. Yeah, getting up, scrambling isn't really an issue. It is, but once you're in the water, like, you're making bogey at best. Like, just don't hit it in the fucking water,
2: and you're going to be fine. But Well, I guess last year Brooks putted so well it didn't matter a couple bad scrambles because he just made every putt.
1: Sure, but he also struck the ball. He was top 10 off the tee and top 10 approach for the tournament, too, and he was the best putter.
2: Okay. Just I want to just put something good on Gary's name, even though I don't think I'm betting him. You mentioned these putting stats, and they mar- you marvel at them, and they're worth marveling over because of who it is. But I want to defend it a little by saying he put in so much work with this putter. I forget who the coach was, but it got a lot of credit since the restart. Who do you think the top
1: ten putters on in
2: this field are? I don't know. That's not the point. I'm want to make,
1: it should be the point you want to make because Gary Woodland being the fourth best in the field of putting is just completely unsustainable. He's gaining
2: 3.6
1: strokes per event. I agree. Gary
2: Woodland. I agree, but you got to let me make my point. I think at some point he needs to get a little respect for not being nearly as bad a putter anymore. That it's something he really worked on and has He's not that good. That's like a ceiling sort of effort. But but the, what, what but the he, label what of being done, a bad putter. What, what
1: he has been doing would basically be what Webb Simpson did.
2: He, I was going to say that. I but was but liter- Webb
1: was a good putter at one point of his career. Then he was the worst putter. Now he's a good putter. Okay, again.
2: fine. But I'm just saying people that follow Gary know the work's been put in. Uh, there's a preeminent coach who really helped him and he worked his ass off with. And I'm not saying he's that, but I'm saying the old perception of what he is, I think is gone. Yeah, he's not, I he's not, he's gone. put it this way.
1: He's not byun anymore, yeah. which he used to be. He's Agreed. not, he's not that guy. So I don't he's like. He's like a median putter now, but he is putting out of his mind. Fine. So the top five okay. putters on tour are guys that you would expect to be up there. Fitzpatrick, Hughes, Hatton,
2: Woodland, Polter? Poulter, Berger, Kucher. Which name doesn't jibe with that? <laughs> it, it was funny seeing Denny McCarthy miss a two-footer. On TV,
1: and he actually struck the ball really <laughs> well on Saturday for like the first time in his life. You know who's actually a good putter? Bryson. Bryson is an excellent putter who, like people think, is a trash putter. It's weird.
2: He's just so many. The opportunities are endless. It's eighteen rounds of pot. Yeah, Morikawa and, and Cantley you, kind of feel the exact same way.
1: Yeah, but Bryson like is historically a really good putter. Like just over time. Well, but, but the thing is, you see all of his putts. So when he doesn't make every eighteen footer, you feel like he's a shitty putter.
2: The other thing with Bryson, because I'm always willing to talk about him and I don't want to get too far off track is I'm curious to see what he does this week. I'm always everyone's always curious, but I feel like some way too much is being made about what's happened. I mean, visually it's quite astonishing. But if you told us like a year ago, Before any serious body transformations, I guess they were already underway a year ago. Like Bryson has these results. Like no one was ever surprised that Bryson was going to be really good.
1: Right? Even if Bryson hadn't made the stuff, he'd be really good.
2: Yeah, that's sort of my point. Someone's like, like Evan's going gaga over the transformations. He won five times
1: in two years. (laughs) But like
2: if you told me like old Bryson out of the restart had the exact same like placing stat line, contending, contending win, like that would have felt incredibly normal as well. Like, what is, did he gain? Because he was winning anyway. Not to say he yeah, hasn't gained. I, this is the same
1: guy who won back to back playoff events like two years ago.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's just uh, sometimes weird for me. Billy Horshall, 45 to one seems very low. I know. Is there some like Fitzpatrick angle there that I'm missing?
1: I get the sense that he constantly plays this tournament.
2: Great. Yeah, <laughs> I,
1: like <laughs> uh, let's see. He's played really well the last two weeks at the same course, mind you. Uh, he was seventh and thirteenth coming in. Yeah, his his track record at St. Jude over the years. He was ninth at the WGC last year, and then he was inside the top ten four of the previous five years at the St. Jude Classic. So he just has good course history. All right. That seems like a ridiculous number though. Forty five in this field. Like, better than Woodland seems, as much as I just kind of ragged on Gary. Like, Horschel being a higher number is odd to me.
2: Do you have any interest in making this bet with me? Winning next, Finau Spieth. Who do you want? You know who I want. Like, will Spieth win
1: first, or will Finau win first? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take Spieth. I think the guys won three majors. Cool. Does the
2: Puerto Rico open count? Speed might be in that before. That, that's what oh. I'm asking about. I <laughs> uh, no. No, but like say, like uh, Safeway and like Wyndham count. Okay. So n-
1: a non-alternate event field count. Yeah. Okay.
2: He can't. If so not-
1: drops out of like the top 50 and he's playing like the Barbasol next yeah. year and wins. No. I don't get credit uh, for that? Correct. Okay. Correct. Let's move over to the Barracuda. it's not a, This one's not a. And we're going to be talking about all these different players again next week at the PGA Championship. This is a fun one. So, Barracuda. Modified Stableford scoring, which is the most like DraftKings scorings you're going to find. No DraftKings contest for the Barracuda, which fucking sucks.
2: I'm going to load mine up because mine got raided. What? My Barracuda oh, yes, that, sheet. That, that, okay. that's know, great. I'm just going to read these out. Yeah, here. read them
1: yeah. out. I mean,. The favorites are Henley at 18, Steele 22, Moore 22, Norren 22. Then you have Asian-American sensation, Kurt Kitayama, Popular. At 25 to 1. Rogers, Sam Burns, Warinsky, Grio, Lanto, Keimer, who I didn't realize was in the field. Those are like the 30 to 1 down guys. I've made two bets. I bet Stump the Schwab at 45 to 1. First tee to green last week at the 3M Open. Lost almost seven strokes butting. Putt field average, Matias. And you're one off the lead. Gain a stroke, you're at a fucking playoff with Michael Thompson. Didn't work out. But I like this setup for him. Like, it just make birdies. If you trade birdies for bogeys in Stableford, like, you're not going to win, obviously. You make too many bogeys. But you're gaining if you're making trading birdies for bogeys. I also bet Munoz. Munoz is 100 to 1. Munoz is 100 to 1 in regular fields. You know, just, I can't quit Munoz. So I played him with the each way at 100 to 1. I also played the double, Brooks Schwab. <laughs> And then I also played a triple with Jim Furyk. So if those three guys win, I win 100K. (laughs) So that'll be fun. Uh, The only other guys I was really looking at were Cameron Davis. I have some notes. Shout out to Axis from uh, FTN Bets and FTN Daily, because he watched the First Look show and went through this for me. It's a Jack Nicholas course. So it's a new course this year um, for the Barracuda championship it is now the tahoe tahoe mountain club which is on the california side of the border old greenwood gc which is a jack nicholas course is played at 5800 feet of elevation Uh, it was built in 2004 and the top two players who are not qualified for the u.s open will get in the u.s open spot this week at the Barracuda. It's 7,390 yards. It's a par 71. So you have your different different Nicholas courses on tour. We just played Mirfield Village. I don't think this is going to resemble anything like that. I would say the Glen Abbey is probably your best comp for this sort of like, PJ National and Workday are, like, super hard courses. Glen Abbey is a fucking joke. It's also in Nicholas Design. There are three other courses to look at. The King and Bear Classic, which Chris Kirk won a few weeks ago on the Corn Fairy Tour. Bramlett was third at that event. The Nationwide Children's Event from the end of last year, Scheffler won. But Hossler, Hoagie, and Cameron Percy were super high up in that. And the Omega Masters in Austria is another, like, super high elevation event, an event where Matthias Schwab has come T8. Last year. So different courses to look at for Nicholas designs and elevations. If you really want to go down that route. So I said Schwab and Munoz for right now, for me, for the Barracuda, were you thinking of anyone? Like I looked at Vegas. I think Vegas is in play. If I talk about Glen Abbey.
2: I don't love the number, but I think Patrick Rogers sets up pretty well. Why? Uh, He's playing decent and Sam Burns. I just crush it a mile and can take advantage of this course versus this field.
1: I feel like Patrick Rogers plays well at hard courses.
2: Oh, he's making some birdies last week of all those guys, like under 30 to one, he would be my favorite bet.
1: Really? Patrick Rogers. Yeah.
2: Blows my mind. Why are
1: you Ryan Moore? No, Brendan Steele is, I think clearly the best player. This is, this is a, we have
2: the swing or the, uh, sub event. Like, Hattrack or something? Steel?
1: Yeah. No. Uh, Badly does. Ba- oh, yeah. Badly is the king of the alternate event. But Steel, like he's won in this region before he's won Safeway twice. This, is just, this just looks like a ball striker's course. And he's putting well right now. Like, I don't hate Steel at 22. I might bet Steel at twenty. How about Grio No. Griot had his chance. <laughs> Griot had his chance.
2: He almost hit that eagle. Punt. I know. He almost had his chance.
1: <laughs> but someone actually tweeted at me like, oh, for next year for the 3M, should we... Like Michael Thompson did so well putting, like, should we just be looking at like overweighting putting coming into the tournament? It's like Max Homa and Grio just came in second. Like, what the fuck are you talking about?
2: You gonna bet your boy Si Wu? He's
1: forty to one. No. I like him. I like him more he was, honestly' wasn't he eighty to one.
2: I guess it's was, still was, kind of the he, same He was sixty
1: five to one last week, and I bet him at eighty like mid tournament when he was playing well. I think he actually has a better chance of winning the PGA championship than he does this event.
2: Well, I would say equal.
1: And you're gonna get him at yeah. 250 to
2: one next week. So, what did Char- what did Charlie Hoffman do last week? Because he had a great little work work day. He
1: blew up one of my really good DraftKings lineups. Oh, that's what he did. did he? There, there
2: was a lot of people who
1: blew up. I cashed a lineup with a three of six lineup last week.
2: Well, this whole tournament's on Golf Channel, and Charlie Hoffman used to really like Golf Channel birdies. He did. He's. I was joking. The Golf Channel champion now is clearly Finau, right? Oh yeah. The second we go to network, he has the the title. The second we go to network TV, Tony melts. Who would be your top three? Top three Golf Channel all stars. Tony Finau crushes Golf Channel. No one makes more birdies on Golf Channel than Tony Finau. Trying to think of who even yesterday is early birdies two or three golf channel
1: top three, Tony. No top 10, Tony. No for golf, for golf
2: channel, like scoring, (laughs) which means like Thursday, Friday dominance. But once you get on to CBS and NBC, it all disappears.
1: Well, good point. Vegas is Johnny Vegas, Johnny Vegas. I might like Vegas at 45 to one is intriguing to me just because of the way he crushes Glen Abbey. Austin Cook has been playing sneaky good too. You've been sneaky good with your course comps. Yeah, but it hasn't really worked out for me.
2: No, but <laughs> so the Glen Abbey thing, you maybe you're onto something.
1: Who, Bramlett at 90. I never bet Bramlett, but he seems to play okay at Nicholas courses. And like, this is a long course. He should be able to put that. I just don't know. Like having never seen
2: the. if the before? format like works very in the favor of a guy like Seamus Power, who seems to? Why m- do
1: you just like Seamus? I, no, he I, makes if, a lot of birdies. Well, can we just change his name to
2: John Smith and You're then wrong. you don't bring him up every single week? I don't bring him up all the time. You br- I brought, you brought him up him every- last week, two weeks in a row. Last week at a guy like a two hundred twenty-five to one, but
1: he wasn't. He was like
2: sixty to one last week. That's why I gave you the
1: same shit. for So him. then I
2: didn't bring him up last you week. You did bring I him was up last two weeks week. ago. Did he even play last week? I have no idea. Yeah, he missed the cut. (laughs) I just don't get it, like, the fascination
1: with Seamus Power. Like, what do you realistically want from him?
2: He makes a lot of birdies. He makes a lot of putts. He's a good putter. So I'm saying the scoring system, I think, works favorably for that type of guy. If he putts, well, sure. Because as you... Sam Saunders, also a good putter. No, I don't want to bet Sam Saunders.
1: Yes, Paul. Aaron Wise, 80-1. to Aaron Wise would be yeah. Aaron Wise would be more of the type of guy. Like I'm not really in on him, but he's the type of guy I would want for this course in particular. Like that type of player. So but Graham Dillette's like dead, right? He said he's coming back in September. Good for him for the swing season. Hunter Mahan five hundred one. Three hundred fifty to one. The top players in birdies are better gained over the past fifty rounds in the field at the Barracuda. You have Hadley. Burns, Davis, Hoffman, Wierenski. Like, that's the type of player that I kind of want to be going to. Steel is next on that list. Our Eagles gained. Cam- Cameron Davis should probably be a bet here. He's
2: also top five in Eagles. The game. young Australian, as they called him all weekend. Is he that young? I don't know. But Cameron Davis.
1: I'll, I'll make that play at 60 to 1.
2: Yeah, I don't mind that pick, and I don't mind the Charlie Hoffman uh number in this field fifty five to one. And if you're gonna
1: play Seamus Power because he makes putts, why wouldn't you just bet Denny McCarthy at eighty to one?
2: Who's the best no, putter of all she- time? Seamus Power makes birdies.
1: So does Denny McCarthy. He makes a ton of birdies.
2: What's Danny McCarthy? Eighty to one? I don't want to bet Danny McCarthy. We're for bigger numbers. <laughs> Who've been the past winners here?
0: At Chalmers? this course, I
1: just told you. It's the first ever time they've played this course.
2: Annoying. I hate first time at the courses. There are a couple long shots in the other tournament I didn't get to.
1: We, we just talked about how those long shots aren't going to win the other tournament. And then when I asked you, you said, I want to go back to the top of the board.
2: Well, I yeah, but they're just a... a um...
1: Your, your guy, Brendan DeJong, is in the field.
2: What are you talking about? Oh, in the other one. In the Barracuda. Yeah. Um, Rafa's got an interesting history at the St. Jude. Yeah, I remember betting on him him
1: fucking losing when he should have won. <laughs> I remember you bet him too.
2: Yeah, probably. And I don't know.
1: You're talking about top tens and DraftKings plays.
2: Yeah, so fine. So Neiman, Corey Connors, Rafa. Yeah, like them all. I'm not going to bet them. Are you gonna bet them? No, outrights, no. Like you said, small, compact at the top. All right. Quick picks
1: for both the WGC, FedEx, Saint Jude, Invitational. When I don't say that right for the PGA Tour.com video this week, they're gonna like give me shit like they always do. Because they're gonna make me say it like out in full every single time, because it's a weird thing that they do. Oh, also next week for the PGA championship, I wanna keep hitting this home because I'm I'm going to forget. So the more I say it, the more I'll remember. Download, like, the PGA Championship app and use PGA.com, not PGATour.com, for the live leaderboard.
2: Oh, yeah, always, yeah.
1: I always forget about it for, like, the first, like, six hours of watching. and be like, why the fuck is this so far behind what I'm watching? It's like, oh, the actual live leaderboard's on PGA.com.
2: So, do they give us, like, the groups this week? I feel like those groups come out early. I just want to see T-Times. I want to know what we're dealing with. I want to know what time. I want to learn more about this course.
1: Like how it's changed. I'm trying to get the superintendent from Harding Park on. Like the, the guy who sets it up for the PGH. It's a
2: muni. What? It's a public course. Yeah, but it's not going to be set up that way. Of course not, but I'm saying that's why I want to
1: talk to to the guy who sets it up to see how he's setting it up. Yeah,
2: no, it's quite um, based on like that match play ball strikers, ball strikers. It's quite a beautiful little thing. I read a nice article on it. Like the entire front nine sort of spirals inward, like you do this little circle on the inside of the property. Bad
1: for David Duval because he has vertigo.
2: (laughs) And then the entire back nine, you essentially walk the the water. Fancy little name, the water area there. Famous Cove or something. Famous Cove. No, that's. I don't want to. I'll that get it wrong. That raid is
1: getting to you, isn't it?
2: <laughs> I'll get it wrong.
1: Okay. Quick picks for the WGC. I have bet Brooks Kepka at 33 to 1. I'm going to wait for. I don't think that the number on Webber or Xander gets worse, so I'm going to wait, but I am going to bet those two. And then I'm going to trim it down between Morikawa, Berger, and Victor as my final play. And Webb, I thought you said. I
2: did say Webb. You just weren't listening. Do you want me to rewind the tape? Nope. That was only twice this week. I did pretty good.
1: Well, one of them was when you asked me about course history after I told you it was the first time they were playing a course.
2: I was lost at that moment. (laughs) I didn't even have the the stuff in front of me.
1: (laughs) So... Webb and Xander, waiting on a better number, but I would bet those at 22 and will if it comes down to that. I bet Brooks at 33, and I will take one of Berger, Morikawa, or Hovland as my final play. I'm sticking to that other region. I bet Casey because of the number 100 to 1 with each way. I'll probably do the same with Sungjae. That'll be my card there. Over on the Barracuda, I've already bet Schwab at 45, Munoz at 100. Gonna bet Cameron Davis at 60 to 1, and I will think about Steele at 22. I played the double, Brooks, Schwab, and then added Jim Furyk on the Champions Tour. So a, a double and a triple. I said, you won't see me for a few weeks uh, if that hits. I'm just going to be out partying the entire time in my house because I'm not allowed to leave kind of thing. Going yeah, you played
2: the double and the triple. Yes. Because I don't want Furyk to ruin it for you. No, no. I played the double
1: and then I played the triple. It, it's not going to win. I am not. I have enough problems picking like one winner on the PGA Tour every 10 weeks, let alone three winners of three separate tournaments in one week. It's just a lot of fun to do. But Schwab, Davis, Munoz, and I'll probably bet Steele as well. And I'm giving Vegas a look at 45 for the Barracuda. Uh, those are my picks. Uh, you can check out the cheat sheet on Wednesday, although there is no live chat. I might shoot like a quick video, something like that, but I will release my actual bets. Uh, if you don't tail them, you'll probably make money. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> a lot of uh, like-minded thought here, but we kind of attack the same part of the board and there aren't really many players in the range to sort of speak of. The bets are on Xander and Brooks. As I mentioned, I feel like it's a fun way to start the car. I trust no-cut master Xander. Uh, Brooks, I'm taking a chance. If it backfires, it backfires. I've made worse bets. That is what it is. I am thinking about, much like you, Hovland or Morikawa, and I guess Burger can enter those thoughts. I don't know why I am just would rather bet those younger guys than Webb. Well, they're
1: better. Oh, than Webb. I thought you yeah. meant than Burger. Like, Berger just has the course history of playing well, but Hovland and Morikawa are objectively better.
2: Yeah, reps. that's sort of where uh, my mind is. And uh, like you, we didn't even talk about it. I bet that Paul Casey at 101. I did. I just, I just said no, that. No, like you, I'm saying, like, be- we, before we even mentioned it on the air, um, without discussing it, I'm saying we made the bet independent of even knowing that. Um, I'm a sucker for punishment. I still have some sick belief that Paul Casey is good. Like he does the things that I believe really good golfers do. He does them really well. So I'm beholden to believing he's way better than a hundred to one.
1: Yeah. Considering like Hadwin is 75 to one, like no shots at Adam Hadwin, but like, come on now.
2: And then across uh, the Barracuda, I got the, the Shaw bet. Uh, That's a nice little number. You mentioned the ball striking his ability to just pour on the points with the system. And, if you're Glen Abbey comp, I like. I'm leaning Charlie Hoffman, but I'm going to look at Vegas. I believe Vegas beat Hoffman in a playoff. He did we had at money Glen on Abbey. Hoffman?
1: We had to hedge. It was my wedding. It was the my actually three year anniversary is coming up in three days. My poor wife, she just keeps adding men to the family. She marries me. We've been married for three years. She adds me. Now we have two sons,
2: three extra men. In what life. day is the anniversary? Twenty ninth. Oh. So that'd have been trippy if it was the thirtieth, because. Lily and uh...
1: you forget your other child's name.
2: No. Okay. (laughs) Not my other child. Lily and Mac share the same birthday. Oh yes. And then it would have been weird if your anniversary and Izzy shared the same birthday, but they're one day off.
1: We're linked like this way. I just remember watching. My wife was, my then first day as a wife was yelling at me because I was like watching Hoffman versus Vegas at the Canadian Open the day after our wedding. Like, Like, like no, I got money on this. I want to see this. Uh,
2: that, was a fun, that was a fun Sunday. Dustin ch- tried to charge. Or that weekend. But yeah, that's uh, one, quick. One long shot from this tournament. I was going to say Arjun
1: Atwal, who just keeps making fucking birdies all the time. But Lebiota. Uh makes a ton of birdies as well. And he's way down on the list, but I'm not going to bet him. Chris Baker, the touchdown maker, the creative player. He's 175.
2: He's like, not bad. I guess. Did Robbie Shelton burn all his birdies yesterday? He didn't even putt well for the tournament. Because there's a big number there, if that interests you. He it, could it, be a good first round leader, Barracuda bet. I don't even know if they'll offer first round leaders. But I remember he used to show up. uh He cashed yeah.
1: like, I don't think I could ever be down money on Robbie Shelton after the Greenbrier <laughs> this year. I think that's what it was. He came like third. It was like perfect. Neiman won and Shelton came third. It was excellent news. Uh, one and done picks for the week. I, I'm i going to take Brooks. I don't think I've taken him. I'll put our final picks on the cheat sheet because I didn't even look this week. Cuss is taking Rory.
2: Smart like that.
1: I'll take Morikawa. Morikawa. All right, that'll do it. Nice easy show. Two tournaments shorter than our normal shows. I'll be back on Tuesday with Jeff Ulrich. Wednesday, no live chat, but fantasy football, MMA on Thursday, and then maybe some movie talk, maybe some more football. If football, maybe the season will be canceled by Friday. Who knows? What do you think? I'm quickly. thinking this i I'm curious to see what happens to the rest of this baseball season, how they address these problems. The fact that the NFL is not doing a like if the NFL was doing a bubble, I'd have a lot more confidence that it's going to happen for sure. It's just how long is it going to last? I think this baseball thing is going to be a good barometer of that. Well, this
2: whole baseball thing, like, it's just a big cock tease. I'd rather not have it at all than, like, a two-day cock tease.
1: It just seems like they're really poorly prepared for, like... The scenario that's unlikely. They plan, like some of my friends, of, like, what could possibly go (laughs) wrong? (laughs) They haven't considered any other outcome to that what is the ideal outcome in their mind it's sort of like the opposite of golf betting where you know no matter how easy something seems like oh he's standing over a two-footer and like in my mind if I, had money, I was like he's probably gonna miss yeah like baseball has the opposite point of view of that it's like well no one's gonna get covid don't worry about it and football kind of seems like they're doing the same thing so i feel a lot less optimistic than i did at this point last week about football. 100%. I, it's it's going to happen. Like week 1 will happen, when week 1's going to happen. It's just I don't know if week 2 is going to happen.
2: <laughs> what a They
1: ho- need to fucking figure it out. I'm telling you. Wyoming, South Dakota, just set up like four hub cities. Yeah, I've seen that, that you suggestion. Can, that you can travel between and just like four- fuck it. Just make sure it no. happens. It's all about the TV product. You don't need to try to squeeze fans I, in or I, whatever.
2: I saw the suggestion being four bubbles all with, um, like, your like uh, the AFC East and the NFC East. They're all in one bubble, and you'll play in your division, and you'll play that one division.
1: But, but they have to rejig the schedule then.
2: They right? might have to do a little rejigging to a schedule in a bubble, but in the bubble concept they probably have to, any bubble concept probably will require rescheduled jigging
1: uh probably so the way i would think about it is if you can find a part of the a country where cases are really really low that you you know it's not like oh new york is a bubble and la is a bubble like try to make it like efficient where you don't need a whole i, I know the the accommodations for those places are a little bit tricky so you might need to go like but if you were able to do it in like nebraska wyoming
2: Idaho, like Idaho,
1: that? wherever, and like just have four bubbles in like similar parts of the country where you wouldn't need to get on airplanes or anything like that. It'd be easy to shuttle people. But you could just link up all the like have four separate bubbles, but all the bubbles are the bubbles. That it wouldn't matter if one went from bubble one to bubble three, and then everyone could play their games. You would have to like play four games early on Saturday, four games late on Saturday. They're not going to do that. So it's ridiculous to even talk about it. That's not what they're going
2: to do. I uh, yeah. like you, I feel worse today than I did last week. So it sucks.
1: I think the NHL is going to be an interesting one with this because they have two bubbles, right? One here yeah. and one in Edmonton.
2: NBA's got one or two bubbles. The NBA has
1: one in Orlando. Yeah. But it's easier to jam in. Maybe you could do it at a place where there's a whole bunch of fields. I didn't even think about that. Like if you had a bubble and there was four fields there or 10 feet of 10 football fields. Then you could have just games going all at the same time. I
2: have no idea.
1: I just want them to talk I mean, that's it what soccer, I want
2: football. That seems like what soccer's doing. Like the MLS, this whole fields and Disney. Okay. here's a fun fact. You're watching soccer?
1: No. Someone tweeted about the, like, someone was talking about the Montreal Impact this weekend. I was like,
2: Montreal Impact?
1: Apparently, the MLS came back, and I just... Never came across my yeah, they've radar. They've
2: running a tournament yeah, in
1: did, Florida. Did, how long has this been going on for? Two weeks. I don't know. Did not know that. I think I've muted it. I think anytime anyone like tweets about MLS <laughs> on my timeline, I immediately mute them.
2: Truth be told, I think I know about it like from Marenzi's tweets.
1: I can see that. I don't have Marenzi muted. He just released his new album. I got to check, check music, that out. The music video uh, for Homicide is out. Not a bad video. I like it.
2: I love that guy. It's just
1: awesome. I like Borenzi screaming like I death metal. <laughs>
2: it's awesome. That's mandatory viewing for me, like the second we're done.
1: Of course. Jeff Feinberg, follow him on Twitter at GFeinberg17. You can follow me at the PME. There's no millionaire maker this week, so I don't know if they're going to give me giveaways for the big tournament or not, but I usually drop those. If there are giveaways to be had, it will be Wednesday at noon on my Twitter feed at the PME. The movie bracket is up right now. The more votes, the more shares we get. That for the better. That's also up. On my Twitter feed, it's the pinned tweet. You can go vote right now until Wednesday evening. I'll put the description to the link to vote, or the link to vote in the description of this video and podcast. Listeners League link in the description of the video and podcast as well. Just under a thousand entries, as from the start of the show, it could be full right now for all fucking I know. Uh rate and review the podcast, smash the like, give me your favorite double. And we got PGA championship next week. So just don't overexpose yourself this week. Play in the PME open. I'm only gonna play three lineups. Uh, just overall, I'm not going to build like 20 or anything like that. I'm just going to save some of my cash for next week when there's giant prize pools. There's a full field. It's going to be a fun course. There's a cut line. That's always a whole lot more fun. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Pat Mayo. Good luck this week. I'll see you next time.